Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is week seven. We are almost completed with Lucifer season two. We're on Lucifer season two, episode 17. I'm just going to caveat us for this week, listeners at home. Unfortunately, the fabulous Latoya Ferguson will not be able to join us this week, but I'm sure she's yelling things at her podcasting device from home with along with the rest of you. So hopefully we will hear from her when we get to season three, uh, because we will be doing season three after season two. So strap in for some more Lucifer conversations. But for now, today we're talking sympathy for the goddess. And uh, I, I'm going to throw it to Allison first because... I promised more Menadiel. We got more Menadiel. What did you think about his divine bling? Uh, that, I mean, it was h- hilarious uh, and also felt a little bit like they tipped their hand on that after the relentless talking about how Lucifer is definitely the favorite. felt like they tipped their hand a little bit. But I was just so glad to have more. And especially if Lucifer is apparently the show where I get really invested in side pairings because I just want Amenadiel and Dan to hang out all the time. <laughs> it may it was just so satisfying. I want that always and forever. Um, so I could do I could do it with a bit more, but I have a feeling we'll get a bit more. Um, since he's got divine bling, as you put it. Yeah, I when I said that last week, I had forgotten that they do hang out in this episode. And so we got there, and I was like, oops, um, I guess, uh, spoiler <laughs> from last week. Uh, Keenan says, yes, honestly, Dan is trying out to be a satisfying wingman for almost all the characters. Marcus says, and Trixie was the first to notice the bling, right? Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. That was the thing when they were just like, we're looking for a key and it was like given to God's favorite son and everything. And first off, I went, I'm going to deal. You should know better than trust anything written by humans in ancient Sumerian. That's just, yeah. that's just <laughs> factual logic. Um, but second, I went, oh, it's his necklace. Right. And I just turned to my partner as I said that. And my partner went, I'm going to take a long sip of water right now. Um, <laughs> delicious, delicious vodka. Right. Because I was just like, no one's commented on it until Trixie said something about it. So it's just like, oh, well, we need to be aware about that necklace now because it's going to be important later, as Marcus like just very accurately pointed out. So it's just like, yay, it's right. And now all of Amenadiel's core identity of being the disgruntled second favorite has to be called into question, except for the fact, again, humans wrote that. So, I mean, I don't know what you expect, Amenadiel. Don't trust it. Humans are notoriously unreliable narrators. Well, and also, I was just going to be like, because they have like lots and lots of kids right there's lots of like thousands of angels or there's like a lot of angels right it's not like yeah. you know a few kids you know so the notion that god definitely has a favorite and it's definitely the first one is such a dick move which isn't fitting for these parents in keeping for these parents but but still yeah i like the interpretation that it's like it's you know it's not actually a um, one-for-one interpretation of this this is just how the human translated the thing that they were told or whatever and that's like you know it's just let's just go with favorite that's just an easier translation and i, I it has more swoops and curves in this and i, I like swoops and curves so we're gonna go with that <laughs> specific ancient sumerian like glyph or whatever it is um yeah i i of course appreciate i thought it was a nice moment and appropriately in the style of the show undercut the dick joke uh very necessary in that moment uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm um, I'm glad that that it ends up being the I, th- I thought it worked really well to have it end up being just like it, in plain sight, a big part of, 
you know, the the costuming and the characterization of that character for the whole run. I had to go back to what Keen was saying. Yeah, I like, can we say number one uh, best, like most improved in season two so far, at least, is Dan? Like, because Amenadiel, way more interesting. But I feel like Dan is, like, by the end of the season, we're so fully on board with Dan. Poor Dan and his never available puddings. Um, I think it's, <laughs> it's the most entertaining and, and best adjustment the show has made in the second season. Yeah, it's a really solid um, rehab of the character. Uh, if only because I feel like we get a lot of comic relief from him and it's different than any of that that we get from the other characters, right? The energy is totally different. There's this blend of like aw shucks and self-deprecation and awkwardness and jealousy and it's really appealing. Um yeah, huge, huge improvement. Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to make that whole you would be Lucifer's stepdad stuff <laughs> in season one and have it kind of work as well as it does here in this episode. So I think it's just really impressive what they've been able to sort of pull out of that character and realize, oh, no, we, we have things we can do with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like, you know, you, you mentioned that moment with the, with the stepdad thing. Um, I I really like how it shows Chloe and Dan at this point. They feel so much better as like co-parents, colleagues, people who are spending like it's yeah. it's been such a good progression. And if, I, if they had just jumped to this kind of a dynamic earlier in the season or last season, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, they've gotten they've given it the time it needed to get to this place. And I think this is such a better place for that kind of that part of the show to be. I really enjoyed that moment. And like stepmom right very easy answer right and i appreciate all the lampshade hanging of oh that was very simple and it almost feels like the writer's going that's what we should have been saying the entire time and we apologize that we didn't think of it this much sooner (laughs) until literally our penultimate episode of the season yeah yeah definitely Uh, just like the pause and i also really enjoyed woodside's read of like when dan asks about them and he's like no we're not going after charlotte (laughs) it was a very good read of that and very uh much in keeping with his performance, but also matching what Ellis has been doing every time that comes up uh, with any of the other characters. It was, it was a nice, fun moment. Um, let's also, I mean, we got to dive in with our giant brawl with Maze and, and Lucifer. What do you guys think? Oh, well, first of all, I'm not sure I buy that they would be so evenly battered up. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, clearly Maze was going to win that fight. So I don't know if she was, if there was some newly human part of her that was sort of taking it easy on him. Um, and I know he's an angel and all that, but Maze is a lethal weapon. Like, but it was the pullback to all of the broken stone benches and stuff was so satisfying. And I thought uh, that Leslie Ann Brandt was terrific in that scene, but especially in the follow-up scene with Dr. Linda, where we get her sort of non-verbally, um, being a human demon, human, uh, nope, human is human. So D, Hugh demon, D woman, D woman. Yeah. He, yep. Okay. We're going to go D woman. Anyway, I thought that that was really terrific and it's interesting. It was, in, it also was terrific in that scene too. It's interesting to watch him realize that he hasn't been paying attention to this enormous transformation happening right under his eyes uh, or right under his nose rather. Um, even though it mirrors his own experience, I think that that's super interesting territory to jump from. 
It is. I think that that whole exchange with Linda is just really, really great. And like you say, Allison, uh, Brant's just really, really impressive in like the nonverbal stuff. But I think one of the other things that I've come to really appreciate is Tom Ellis is constantly tasked with having to have different epiphany faces <laughs> and the ways in which that has to happen like almost every week and to make them not seem like the same epiphany face, I think is just really, really fun to kind of watch. And so him realizing everything that Allison just laid out regarding Mays, I think is just really, really nice to see that. And because so much of it has to be nonverbal. And so I think it just, it works really, really nicely. And it keeps, what it, what it makes for me is like all those kind of, the show's built on this kind of like therapy character realization type stuff. Um, but for whatever reason, even though we're like, this, like basically the equivalent of two seasons in um, at this point, when you count all the episodes of like a season and a half, um, I think that it's just, the fact that it feels still fresh, I think is really, really great. Um, on the drunk cast, we like to come up with very specific, ridiculous names for different acting skills. Um, yeah. And I, and I think epiphaface is a really epiphaface. good one. Epiphaface. He gives, he gives great epiphaface. Epiphaface. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes. This is my partner's um, read Yoda shirt. So happy May the 4th. <laughs> Listeners at home, uh, Marcus was asking about the Yoda shirt. It's a good, it's a quality shirt. Yeah, it's a, nice. yeah, it's a good shirt. Yoda wants you to read. Yeah. It says, "And the Force is with you." Even though Yoda, notorious for book burning, making Luke Luke think that he burned a bunch of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the epiphaphase, yes, it, it it that is impressive. It has not yet gotten old. Uh, I also just you know the the nonverbal is. Uh, performance from brand is really good in that scene but also it's just fun to watch dr linda get to just yell yeah because she doesn't get to do that and then that takes us very nicely to our linda portion of the episode (sighs) and and lucifer like yeah i love how maze like there's plenty of things that she's clueless about for example uh, you want me to go mess up that friend of yours who won't stop leave you alone he keeps keeps making you work during your lunch break i changed Uh, the sheets (laughs) um is still knows enough to know that you're not supposed to tell people you're sleeping with your therapist when yeah. you're trying to get your therapist out of trouble. Um, I am a little concerned for uh, what's his face on the board. Um, and I hope this is going to be a, this has got to be a situation where Maze fixes it. Right. And doesn't make it worse. I would hope so. I but, hope so. Um, yeah. No casting for that guy, um, John Scarloff, mm-hmm. who's just fantastic at playing exactly this kind of character um is just it's really delightful and i think my favorite thing about him is that he's wholly unimpressed by maze he's just like no and it's kind of interesting to see someone not impressed by maze initially or even like remotely threatened by her and i'm just like what is your story dude like i just I feel like there's a lot of bad vibes here. And I appreciate how very quickly that character is established with very little work, even though we're never going to see him again. Mm-hmm. It's backfundischkeit or whatever the punchable face, the word for punchable yeah. face is in German. Seriously yeah. punchable face. Um, the thing I appreciated the most about this part of the story is um, there was this 
episode in the first season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where all of a sudden the fact that Rebecca Bunch had been hemorrhaging cash was a plot point where I thought they had just been ignoring it, right? And that was a big realization for me, like, oh, no, this this show is never going to do that. This show is always going to be aware of the little things. And then it just has succeeded you in putting you in her shoes where you're not thinking about the money, so it sneaks up. Um, and this felt like that. I never actually thought that the steps that Linda was taking, the moves that she was making that were outside the bounds of what she was supposed to be doing, both including um, when she got hit with the Lucifer whammy at the beginning and all the stuff she's done since then, particularly since she found out who he really is. I never thought that that would come up in this way. And it was, I mean, I'm upset for the character, but it was incredibly satisfying from a storytelling perspective. And I find it especially comforting because I just want to know where Charlotte's family is. So it made me think maybe Maybe we're not just ignoring that. Maybe it will be a plot point because it's starting to it's starting to bug. Um, I'm assuming those children are just running around covered in permanent marker and eating Twinkies because um, I don't know what else they would be doing. Anyway, very satisfying story. I want to know where she got the money from. But is that she's rich? Maybe it's her money yeah. Or, Char- yeah. or Charlotte's money. It's not mom's yeah. money. Mom didn't earn it. But um <laughs> Yeah, or or is that the firms or or what? I don't know. Well, and that I guess that takes us to our case of the week. <laughs> what did you think of the the hand holding manipulations? Let's make sure Chloe's on this. The, the I I thought the charades behind her back with the fingers and then also dying or melting uh, was was pretty delightful. I, again, really enjoy when they give Helfer that kind of comedy to play. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I also appreciated. Um, that mom wouldn't know how to conduct a shady deal because I'm so used to thinking of her as being this manipulative genius that it, it, but it makes perfect sense that that's the kind of thing that she wouldn't think about because she's just used to people saying yes to her. Um, so I thought that that was great too, but the dying or melting, um, and the fingers and yeah, really, really great. It's very clearly a gun. Like it's very clear. (laughs) (laughs) But then, like, the cap off of that, of her then getting shot in the end. No, no, she gets stabbed in the end. Never mm-hmm. mind. I, for some reason, I thought she got shot in, like, my brain. But, um, no, I think it's it's very funny. And, again, I think that that's sort of been, like, the best takeaway from this season has been Trisha Helfer should do more funny things. And shows should let her do more funny things. Yeah. Um, what, so- did my bandage come off? <laughs> yes, which which was a really good joke for them to make. But I was also like, but you didn't have your bandage on in the previous episode at all because I kept looking for it. <laughs> um, so I was just like, was it even on in any of the scenes I watched? And I couldn't remember like if it was on in this episode at all. Um, not that it matters because you're going to need a very large bandage now <laughs> after you like, raised the last arc. Yeah. Lost arc someone's someone. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Um, the actual case, I think, is okay. Um, mostly, it's sort of a build of shenanigans as opposed to like an actual case because it's like I appreciate the fact that they don't hide that. There's like there's no mystery here. She's bad. He's an idiot. We're just going to figure out a way to prove both of these things at the same time. <laughs> and I kind of appreciate that economy of storytelling because um, otherwise, I'm just like. This just feels kind of ridiculous. 
Um, but we did get undercover Chloe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we Latoya... Have Latoya would be very upset if we didn't talk about undercover Chloe. Yeah. And again, she's both really bad at this sometimes and then just suddenly very good. And it's just like the the dedication that Chloe has to d- reciting those lyrics. <laughs> just, it's just golden and that she memorized them so quickly after only hearing them once. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, Chloe, sometimes you're not very good at this job, but you nailed this, you nailed this one. And I'm, I'm very glad about it. Well, when the job is be like, uh, sneaky, sexy kind of thing. No, when the job is awkward fangirl, she's got it. Yeah, <laughs> terrible dancing. Yeah, I could do that all day long. <laughs> yeah, she cool. really, she really sold that. Um, and I thought that Lauren German was was great in that scene. I wish we had gotten a little bit more Charlotte Mom team up. They seem to split basically as soon. Um, uh as she arrived was kind of a bummer. Scotty says, yeah, but on her entrance when it's played like, whoa, look at her. She's hot by Charlotte. I could not stand it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah I mean, know. we already know, like we know she's, she's hot all the time. She's just wearing a, she's just wearing a dress now. This, yeah. It's just a dress. It's not her, like her a Superman Clark different. Kent thing. Yeah. Her hair is now very straight and shiny. I, I agree, Scotty. Yeah. Um, I God, I had another point about this. What was it? Oh, I'm also choosing to believe that Chet, the rapping son of the very successful <laughs> crime lord, is a reference to Chet Hanks. Um, <laughs> that because I, 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 it has to be right. Like the Chet thing can't be a coincidence. Um, not that Tom Hanks is a tequila magnet or evil. He's not. Mm-hmm. Please let him not be that we know of. Good God. That'll just kill me if Tom Hanks turns out to be one of the bad ones. He's not. Um, But I do think like, hey, we have this very successful family business. And then also here's Chet. Um, (laughs) He makes music. Uh, Isn't that sweet? It was funny. Though we've we've heard, you know, this year that where Chet gets it from, and it is not from Tom. It is from Rita, who can (laughs) spit some rhymes when she needs to. She can. Um, Yeah, Chet Hayes. Anyways. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what that's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. The... The, this episode for me, I mean, obviously it's a lot of setup. What did you guys think of their, like, like the, did you like that the, the book? Was it too convenient? Could they just have had like the pin? I guess they needed to have the beat of God's favorite right in there. Yes. That's the entire reason it's there. It feels like, um, yeah. but also at the same time, like, I don't remember if like in a previous episode of Minadiel is ever holding this dagger sword dark not um, with the with the with the with the um, whatchamacallit on belt it? buckle the, the holy belt, belt buckle, buckle. <laughs> right um so because of that like you can kind of sidestep it a little bit mm-hmm. but it does feel like it's very much there for that character beat of to push him in a deal into this final space before the finale Mm-hmm. question mark since you have all been teasing those weird season two episodes that exist in season three yeah no they're 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 it yeah and actually i was gonna ask if you guys want to do the last two from season three which are standalones the at this week and then start season three next week i don't know how you guys feel about that or if you want to save them for the end of season three it doesn't matter because they're standalones then if it doesn't matter, I'm okay to just wait until we get to them. Yeah, me okay. too. 
Okay. Yeah. No, this, it, 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 they're completely, it was like, seriously, Fox was like, uh, so we, we think we have a good show here, but like, there's too much mythology and people can't join, jump in. So, uh, can you just, so do some standalones? We'll do extra episodes. We'll like hire, pay you guys to do a few more episodes so that we can get some standalones. And then they didn't air them. Um, at least that's my understanding. Latoya, let me know if I have that wrong. Um, so th- then I love that idea, considering the fact that I think season three is supposed to be quite serialized, given like yeah. everything that they do. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. And then, the, yeah, they, they, they took the show out. I was on the air, off the air, back and forth. Um, and it, they, they, that's why at certain episodes, right, there's all of this exposition was about because they're trying to like, they know they yeah. have a good show here, but they're trying to figure out how they can get more audience for it. And some very strange choices. So yeah, like, so the show ended and they, it was canceled by Fox and it ended on a cliffhanger ish. And then they're like, and now special Lucifer event two standalones after we've canceled the show. Like it's so strange. Anyways, I love broadcast TV. Yeah. I do. I really do. It's strange. It's my favorite decisions. Um, if anybody who's hanging out in, in the chat has anything they want us to touch on for this episode, please uh, drop, your your thoughts there but uh i think i think we're at this point i mean it's a lot of setup here for the finale so we'll we'll have more thoughts on all of that tomorrow do we have any final thoughts on this episode any predictions yeah for the Allison, finale? give us some predictions that will actually happen next week because i'm starting to think you actually just are watching ahead <laughs> Um, well, obviously, um, there'll be unreleased music from Chet, uh, that will reveal the nature of his killer. No, I've got nothing. What's the title of the next one? Give me something. The title of the finale is It's Lucifer Season 2, Episode 18, The Good, the Bad, and the Crispy. Oh, well, I assume... Oh, he's crispy He is crispy. Um, I assume that... Bebo is in it because the season three legends finale is the good, the bad and the cuddly. And I can't say anything about what happens because Scotty and Keenan and I are still making our way through. We just got to the crossover by the way. So um, we did, we just did the flash and then arrow with that really great episode of arrow where um, they're all in uh, the dominators fantasy. And okay. then so that was we're finishing. Or it was a Maybe. number, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Um, and then we're doing the Legends part of the crossover, and then we continue on with season two of Legends. Anyway, um, so yeah, I assume Bebo is going to be in it. Uh, and then mm, presumably some sort of explanation of Charlotte's earthly body and what it means and why Lucifer and Amenadiel don't shoot magical light everywhere and well, well never mind too easy okay <laughs> um other than that i got nothing oh at least one lucifer will sing one thing i predict yeah. one song no, i think that's fair is like there's at least one song in this episode i feel like there has to be yeah if only allison's prediction powers had the ability to rewrite time and space so that we could get bebo but no of course there's no bebo <laughs> listeners i don't want you to be too disappointed uh but i'm i will check in on the rest of this tomorrow noel any thoughts i'm excited to see how they wrap this up even though like it doesn't get completely wrapped up right is there a little bit of carryover into next season for this stuff no i feel like no okay Not really i mean like there's still many of the same characters, so right, like, yeah, they're okay. impacted so, by things. But. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how like this particular arc gets wrapped up. Um, and 
I'm also really curious if the flaming sword actually turns into a flaming sword. Okay. Yeah. As opposed really to a flaming that. dark. Yes, exactly. As opposed to that. Um, Cause I'm really curious to see what that needle pin does to finally transfer, transfer it into the sword, transform it into the sword that gu- guarded Eden. Okay. <laughs> Plus the letter of rebellion. Holy toothpick. Excellent, Marcus. That's much better. A reusable holy toothpick. Because that's what it is. Also, you know, a statement. It's a statement. Holy it is a statement piece. Yeah. Only toothpick. Um, the only other thing I'll mention is I really, after our discussions of Maze's uh, wardrobe, I liked what she had uh, this episode. I thought mm-hmm. it was very Maze while also being very chic and fashionable and also being an effective, like, we're going to put her in a sweater, but it's going to be a really cool sweater. And we're going to, it's a black sweater so that you won't notice baby bumps from straight on. And we're going to film her straight on <laughs> a lot. Um, that was a very good uh, use and deployment. And usually like I was trying to, cause I was noticing that after our conversations about it and I was not seeing any baby bump at all. And I had to think back to the, when's the last time I saw characters wear this much and this dark of a black and they don't usually wear that much black and that dark of a black such that it can effectively hide dimensions at least somewhat you know Mm -hmm. and it also has to be very creative lighting and and filming i'm sure too but um that was interesting so i was enjoying and appreciating that um yeah i'm excited for the finale and uh see what all y'all think and we'll be back tomorrow for that thank you to our listeners hanging out today which is of course the the, the sisters Caldwell, Keenan and, and Scotty, as well as, of course, Marcus. And yeah, like I said, tomorrow, the good, be- the bad and the crispy the Lucifer season two finale. We will be back. And until then, thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.